welcome back to the second episode of our podcast. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Popular demand. <laughs> Not really. We've just had a few people saying, please make another episode. So No, I've actually been quite chuffed. I've been quite chuffed. The amount of people who have responded. Yeah. Um, lot, got a lot of private messages being like, hey, really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people giving me their... They're two cents about yeah. what they think, and I really appreciate it. We to really be thank you to everyone who sent us a message or a comment or something like that because we've been really excited by the amount of feedback that we've gotten, particularly about our discussion, uh, which is the point of the discussion on this podcast because we're still figuring out these ideas and we really want to know what other people are dealing with. So, mm. and a lot of people um, messaged us about like ideas that we hadn't thought of, yeah, or you know, things that were wrong that mm-hmm. we said. And we really appreciate that because obviously we're going to try and do as much research as we can yep. towards the things that we're talking about. But, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know everything. Mm. So if you hear something, bit of a Q&A fact check. <laughs> if you hear something that's dodgy, call us up on it. Yeah. Let us know. Absolutely. So we thought we would start this podcast with a little quick review of our last podcast because we got so many uh, comments about our discussion on XXX and about separating the art from the artist and one of the first things that we received a bit of feedback about was talking about Tyler the creator and involving him in this discussion and his use of uh, homophobic language in his music and I was sent an article by a friend of mine um, and it's a GQ magazine article thank you Nick for sending this in Um, major shout out there you go and I really just wanted to read a few messages from this because perhaps we talked about Tyler in the wrong way Uh, So I'll read a few um, messages from this article, which I found was really interesting because it's kind of grappling with the same issues that we have with that background of Tyler possibly coming out on one of his albums. So the writer says that she found it hard to celebrate Tyler's wordplay or skill when it came to crafting his own music because the overall message of it was still weaponizing a gay slur. This viewpoint, however, became muddled when there was the suggestion that Tyler himself was gay. Uh, And then she goes on to say and ask, does it absolve his past sins if he's been queer the entire time? Mm. It would stand to reason that those instances could be explained as reclaiming his own community's language. But if he was never an active member of that community, does he earn his past? Is it acceptable if someone hasn't publicly identified as queer but uses queer language? Yeah, so I think what that article um, means to us is that... When we use Tyler in our last podcast as an example, we've sort of come to terms with the fact that that was a really bad yeah. example to use because with Tyler, that's it's a bit of a grey area yeah. because we don't know his um, mm. sexuality. Mm. So, yeah, we just fully acknowledge that that was a bad example yeah. to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, on to the subject of XXX, which so many people have wrote to us about either saying, like, you know, thanks for talking about it or, you know, giving us their ideas about it. I wanted to sort of do more research because I feel like we might have jumped the gun a bit and not actually fully understood what XX does and how he may have been held in the firing line when a lot of... Criticised. Yeah, when a lot of white artists who have done bad things in their past haven't been Mm. so a lot of people wrote to me about how people like john lennon or david bowie who to be honest i didn't even know had done things like you know john lennon um is accused of 
not only abusing Yoko Ono, but mm. also his previous wife mm. and David Bowie from sleeping with kids who were well under the age of, like, 16. Yeah, yeah. Um, how those... like The fact that I didn't even know about those mm. problems mm. shows how much those things have been completely swept under, under the rug yep. in terms of their reputation. Mm. So I think a lot of what people have been saying to me is that you can't really take the race yep. out of the issue of XX. Absolutely. And that, yes, he should be or should have been put in jail for his crimes. Mm. But if his reputation is going to be put in the spotlight and put in the firing line, we as a society have to hold the male white equivalents yeah. accountable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were reading this article from The Guardian that was talking about how white rappers weren't receiving the same scrutiny as black rappers. For example, um, like Snoop Dogg, who was denied a visa uh, to come and perform in Australia. And same as Tyler. Tyler yeah, was denied. Exactly. And looking at those and, and how black rappers, black musicians were not held to the same standard um, as white musicians and white musicians were able to get away with this and yeah. the things that they did were not publicly um, t- told to people like it was with Snoop Dogg and XXX. Yeah, um, falling between the cracks. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we, we just wanted to make it clear that white rappers should be held absolutely to the same standard and should be held accountable for their actions just as black rappers are. Yeah. And just on a side note about XX, um, I actually listened to this podcast, which was a recorded interview that he did on a podcast called No Jumper, which uh, is about this guy interviewing lots of different rappers. And this was done back in 2016 with XXX. And I'll link it in the um, podcast description if anyone wants to listen to it. But aside from what like we just said about the race issue, I honestly felt sick listening to that interview with him. Um, they were laughing about XX bashing a girl when he was only in primary school and how they were also laughing about how he'd beaten up a gay guy almost to the point of killing him. Mm in jail and even the interviewer was laughing and this was just I was just listening to this being like how yeah how can people just sit there when he's Mm. talking like this Mm. so I think that opens a whole nother discussion Mm. but oh god it made me feel sick and Mm. I would if anyone's I don't know backing up xx to the point of saying he's a good guy I think they need to yeah bloody listen to that podcast because we will link that please listen to it (laughs) yeah so all the things that we've just sort of wrapped up, yep. um, the sources and the information that we've gathered, we will link that all in um, the description of the podcast. So if you want to read more or gather your own thoughts about it, mm. um, yeah, we'll leave that below. Cool. Now we are going to move on to the next segment of our show, uh, which is some upcoming events that we have. Um, so I have a few to mention. First of all, for anybody who wants to study at the National Institute of Dramatic Art in Sydney, uh, the applications for full-time courses have recently come out. Mm-hmm. I just thought I would let people know that because if you don't get an email subscription, you possibly won't know that the applications are open. So anybody who's interested in a Bachelor of Fine Arts in costume making, acting, directing, set design, uh, you should definitely 
get around to doing that because I will be doing that very soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also wanted to shout out the Melbourne International Film Festival program, which has just come out and oh, has cool. over 300 films that are going to be on in Melbourne from the 2nd to the 19th of August in various locations. Um, tickets are on sale now if you search them up on Facebook or just look at the MIF website. It has all of them and they're about 25 bucks per film. So basically what you would pay at the cinemas but they're really interesting independent films Mm -hmm. uh there are a few things on at carriage works which is a big art uh creative arts precinct in sydney Mm. um and they've got an exhibition on at the moment by an artist called daniel buren who is over 80 just quick update there (laughs) still kicking um it's called like child's play and it uses large-scale children's blocks with big colour to walk through this really cool installation and it's free and it's on until mid-August, so definitely check that one out. And lastly, there will be a night food market, hello, at at Carriage Works on July 27th. Um, You can go there and get all this delicious, smoky, barbecue-y type food. Um, There'll be lots and lots of food stalls and it's $10 for entry and there's a great atmosphere. So I would definitely take some friends. Do you... <clears throat> this is an important question. Hit me. Do you pay ten dollars entry and then it's like you get as much food as you want? No, you have or... to pay for the food separately. Ooh, I, I know, I that. know, it's a feel, <laughs> but it's also such a good atmosphere. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just the feel. If if that's a bit expensive, maybe I don't know. Maybe they have usual. They have like farmers markets or something. Yeah, they have they? farmers markets every Saturday morning, yeah. which you can go to. But maybe make this a family night out. Yeah, true. So now we're going to move. Now, nah, Lottie's giving me a look already. I'm giving you a look. We're moving on to our, our opinion dis- piece. Yes, the discussion session. Which is about the Kardashians. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Now, we don't want this to be a gossip sesh <laughs> because I feel like there is so much. I'm almost torn about talking about them because mm. I dislike them so much that I don't even want to give them airtime. Mm. But. It's also something that annoys me on a weekly basis. I gotta say, I'm on the other side. Yeah, so I've you know because we we've talked about um, discussing this on the podcast, and it got yeah. me thinking about the Kardashians. And I've I've come around. I'm actually quite a big fan at the moment. Should we say sort of what our different positions are? So you're a fan. I'm a strong a hater. Strong hater. <laughs> and I think we we're, we're kind of I don't know. If you've got certain issues you want to talk about, we can talk oh, kind of issue, I got issues. issue by issue. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you want to do that, you're gonna you're gonna fight me. I'm gonna fight. Inch, I'm inch not gonna way. fight you. We're just gonna have you know a balanced discussion. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Okay, it's gonna be great. Well, so my little sister, who's pause fifteen, <laughs> fifteen to, soon to turn sixteen, is obsessed with the Kardashians. Um. And watches their show and probably wants to buy all their products. Mm. And I would say is their, like, target demographic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that they're... That teenage girls are obsessed with them. And a lot of teenage girls... I know, even though when I was, like, in high school, a lot of my friends, like, looked up to them. And when the bloody Kylie lip kit dropped, (laughs) I remember people, like trying to buy it in my art class, asking the teacher if they could have time off to buy this lip kit. Mm. And I was like, this is insane. (laughs) Like, anyway, so there's no doubt that they have a huge influence. Mm. What 
grinds my gears (laughs) about the Kardashians is that they are these idols for so many teenage girls. And I'm just like, why? Like, why are they the idols? There's hardly anything good about them, in my opinion. And they just completely represent this idea of, like, having no brains and all beauty and... It's all about what you look, and and I just think that's so toxic. Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna because okay. I was I was thinking about this, and so, so like you're you're kind of saying that you know the reason they're famous is because of their bodies and they're being idolized because they have these perfect bodies yeah. that have been you know sculpted through plastic surgery yeah. predominantly, and I kind of took a bit of a feminist angle here. Mm, okay. Um, and I would say that I actually really love that these women are open about their plastic surgery um, and the fact that they've augmented their bodies because, for me, that is a 21st century feminist issue that I like find... Botox and stuff. Yeah, that I find yeah. a lot of older women have an issue with because they think, you know, women who are looking... Who, who are role models should be keeping their natural bodies and young women shouldn't be looking up to women who change things about their bodies. But actually, for me, I find it quite empowering that these women choose to do this with their body and choose to have the confidence to change their body to be, you know, to be more like what they want to feel like. But then you have to ask the question, though, is is it really a choice mm. if society is putting pressure on them to look a certain way? I think of the example of... So, what's the youngest one called? Kylie. Kylie. Okay, mm. I look at her and mm. go, there is no way if she was in a different time, mm. she would want to look like that. Like, yeah, she absolutely. has this pressure from all her other siblings who look like that. And she is still pretty much a child. Mm. And she has had all this work done Yeah, to her. You know, she's gotten, I've heard things that she's gotten like like completely remodeled her face, like got mm. her chin implants or mm. something like that. Mm. They've all got lip fillers. She's got her boobs done, her butt done. And it's just like, you don't even really know who you are yet. How are you changing yourself because you want to look like these Mm. people in front Mm. of you? And I also think, okay, yeah, they have the choice, as you said, you know, they have the choice to do these things good on them. But the fact is they know that they are dramatically influencing yeah. People like my sister who are 15 and 16 mm, mm. who don't haven't even like properly developed their bodies yet yeah. and they're already picking themselves apart going, oh, well, if, you know, if I want to look like them, I've got to get lip fillers. Mm. I've got to do these stupid waist trainer things so mm. that I've got this perfect hourglass figure. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, they are like, they are trophy wives. Like that's what but I mean. Yeah. I mean, I like. I get that, but I also think they're actually very intelligent women. Like, I think they don't speak intelligently, and perhaps what they say is not always um, the most, you know, perfected sentences mm. and, you know, even, like, grammar and things like that. And and really, in, like, 21st century, I think we we value eloquent women and intelligent women who can speak, and I absolutely agree with that. But I also think these women are intelligent in a different way, is that they... If you, if you think about the kind of money that they are earning, they are fantastic businesswomen. They know exactly who their target audience is. They've got revenue coming in from, like, three different angles. Mm. And really, if you're someone who's looking, you know, looking at them and saying, 
you know, what kind of success have these women had? They are really, they are very smart about the kind of revenue that they're earning. And I think they're very savvy businesswomen. I think they know exactly the kind of image that they're giving out. It's a very constructed image. And I do think it's on their own terms. And I, what I really like about them is they have that element where they can talk about their own um, sexuality and they talk about um, casual sex very openly and the relationships that they've had. And to me, that's actually quite empowering is hearing women talk openly about their sex lives and how they've augmented their bodies so that they can feel that they're confident. And then I, I guess it kind of leads into the issue of selfies, which again, a lot of um, kind of middle-aged women have spoken to me about about how it's just straight narcissism and how yeah. it's encouraging young women to be narcissistic. But really, I mean, to me, selfies are a way of empowerment and I take them, a lot of my female friends take them in order to feel confident and capture themselves in a way that they enjoy. And I get yeah. what you're saying, mm. but, and I agree with you about the business thing, mm. but what annoys me is how much mm. we obsess, we are obsessed with them, mm. how much they control, like, what young girls are thinking. Like, sure... We can look we can look at them in a business light and, you know, perfect business model, whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, what are they actually doing? Who are they actually influencing? They're influencing mm. young women that it's all about getting famous by being in porn, being famous from having a reality TV show. Mm. They are almost disgusting in their level of consumerism. Yeah, I agree. And materialism, I, agree. I agree with that. All this money that they've got and, you know, they're throwing it, you know their reality tv show and all that crap mm, mm. i don't know i just don't think they're sending a positive message like all like i know kendall jenner has been in trouble with like that pepsi yeah they've I and, mean, thing. Are... and then like kylie is all about like makeup mm. and all this stuff you know what i mean it's not like they've got this massive platform and they're using it to bring about good or bring about mm. change yeah I, I agree with that but i feel like I mean, if, if their way of getting famous was, you know, to release, like, a sex tape and be on a TV show and have their whole lives exposed, then that's kind of their decision. And I don't, yeah. you know, that's a way of being famous. And if you just want to be famous to be famous, then they've absolutely mm. achieved their goal. I almost feel like they're, they're taking the male gaze and kind of flipping it on its head by being these sexualized women who post photos of themselves and augment their bodies because really like for me the the debate about plastic surgery has always been like are these women augmenting their bodies because it's what society tells them which is mm. like is absolutely true but recently I've kind of come to the opinion that if that's what makes a woman feel good about themselves then really mm. it's kind of anti-feminist to say to them you shouldn't be doing this you should be accepting your natural body as it you know as it naturally is because really that's not a reality for most women who, yeah. do, who don't fit into a particular category. I, I agree, and I, I think um, I'm always divided on this plastic surgery mm. issue because I do sort of see the stance of, like, what I said before about society putting up these images of this is what you've got to look like and those yep. plastic surgery things stemming from that. Mm. But I also think a lot of the time when I hear my friends talking about, like, oh, you know, she got this done, like, you know, she's just conforming, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I think, well, you know, you're pretty good looking. Yeah. Like, 
It's yeah. easy for you to say because yeah. you've got blessed genetics. Mm. Like if you didn't have blessed genetics and like you thought about that all the time, mm. fair enough that you get stuffed up. Yeah, like, it's, exactly. I, I don't really exactly. think you can take. Like I've had braces. Mm. I would sort of think like, and when I got braces, it wasn't because you know my teeth were so bad that it was going to be a health issue. Mm. It was mm. because my mum wanted my teeth to be straight. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like. You're changing something mm. because it's going to make you feel better and it's yeah. going to make you look yeah. better. Yeah. So I agree with it on that sense. I just think with the Kardashians, it brings in this whole other element of the influence that they have on young girls. Sure. And that's what freaks me out about it, is all these young girls getting lip fillers at 16. Mm. It's like you don't even know what you're going to look like yet. Like mm. I, have, I think my opinion is that I'm fine with like older people getting it. Mm. But like when you're still... Yeah. Maturing. Mm. And, like, it freaks me out. And I think it is hard because definitely, like, younger women, like, 16 and 16, 17, 18, is that period of time where self-esteem is a really predominant issue. And it's where possibly that time in your life where you really want to change those things and you haven't seen them develop yet. But really, like, for me, it's like if you... If it's going to help you with your self-esteem and it's going to help you to be more like yourself, then really I don't mind. And also it kind of comes back to the thing of, like, it's somebody's body, it's not yours, therefore why do you care yeah. so much? That kind of, Which kind of annoys me about people who criticise the Kardashians because of, you know, they're changing their bodies. And really it has nothing to do with anybody who is not the Kardashians. And no, but, but it does, though, Obviously it has the influence. Obviously it has the influence, but also they're directly marketing at younger girls. Mm, so mm. Kylie, or whichever friggin' one of is, <laughs> the one, well, they've all got big bumps, but the I think it's Chloe. Mm. She brings out this thing about, you know, how she lost all this weight and how you can lose weight like me. Kim bring, has recently been in a lot of trouble for marketing some lolly mm. that's going to suppress your appetite. Mm, mm. All this type of crap yep. that people are buying. Mm. And it's like, this one product isn't going to yeah. Yeah. turn your life around. They have millions of dollars to spend on nutritionists, yep. trainers, yep. you know, plastic mm. surgeons. Mm. So this mm. whole idea that they're marketing to younger girls, like, if you buy my product, like, you're going to look like me. Bullshit. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. That kind of false marketing and really... They are money grabs. Those, yeah. those kind of things. And it is, I do think that that element of it is quite destructive to mm. young women where they talk about um, weight being a really, you know, a, a really big issue that you can solve with this, you know, particular product yeah. and that kind of thing. And I, and I do think in terms of like materialism and consumerism, then they are, they are really mm. bad. <laughs> and the other um, thing that they've also, I, that I just think is purely interesting about mm. them and their whole phenomenon mm. Um when they first came to the scene, before a lot of their plastic surgery and stuff, it was sort of that they came at this time when it was a really refreshing, mm. f- like, faces to see. Like, right. they were Arma- they're Armenian, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, so they're Armenian. Um, and, you know, they were, like, these more voluptuous women. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Armenian. Armenian. Yeah. Um, and they weren't, like sort of the Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Kate Moss faces yeah. that you were seeing in the, the 90s where, like, anorexia was, like, predominant mm, and you could mm, see these mm. tiny women. So they were refreshing in that sense. But now they've sort of become the norm. Yeah, yeah. And they've sort of become the thing everyone's, you know, 
people doing these waist trainer things mm, and like mm. getting boob jobs and like every single like exercise video is like how to get a bigger bum and yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. So it makes me think like, you know, Nicki Minaj, that sort ah, of thing. Love her. <laughs> but like her, their whole vibe and their, you know, she, Nicki Minaj has like lyrics mm. in her songs which are like, fuck the skinny bitches. Yes. And it's like, Okay, I get that there's been this big sort of, like, swing mm. from, like, anorexic, really skinny girls to, like, really voluptuous, like, mm. curvy women. Mm. And in some, at first I was like, this is awesome, this is, like... Yeah. But just because you're creating a new ideal body doesn't mean that you're not leaving another body type out. Can't yeah. we just yeah. come to a point where we're like, all women's bodies are beautiful, why do we have to, like... Yeah, I know, but I think that... We're still not at that point. And yeah. the thing that I, I like about Nicki Minaj is, like, personally, as somebody who, like, hasn't grown up being skinny, her saying that kind of thing is, like, really refreshing to yeah. me. And I know that it's, you know, to an extent, alienating women who are skinny, but I do yeah. think that in the grand but, scheme of things and in the media, they they have it easier. And But I also think about... I'm thinking, let's take the, um, the skinny, large, whatever thing out of it. Mm. With people like Kim Kardashian, literally just her, like, hip structure, Mm. you can't, like, that's not a thing of gaining or losing Mm. weight. You're either born with that or you're not born with that. I have friends who have, like, you know, wider hips than others Mm. and friends who are sort of just straight up and down. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do to change that. So them being like, oh, you have to be curvy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's like, some people can't change that. It doesn't matter how much you eat or you don't eat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what... No, I, I totally get that. And kind of, and no, back to the kind of Nicki Minaj and kind of thing that all, all bodies are beautiful and we shouldn't just normalise women of all sizes is absolutely true. But I do think that before we get there, there kind of needs to be a, like, not, not a like pushback. A, not a, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, I really like Nicki Minaj's music and I like her because she is curvy and obviously she's had a lot of plastic surgery to get, you know, the kind of like bum that she has. And I think she looks amazing. (laughs) But I just think that she's done that to show women who look like her and are from like her, you know, racial background or who are curvier, that they can be beautiful and sexy. And I think that's really important. And about all her songs where she deliberately kind of uh, sexualizes men as a kind of, uh, I'm going to take back you know, the, the male gaze. From me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That has been subjected to me. And I listen to that and I think that is fantastic that a woman can say that kind of stuff and I can feel empowered while she's also a really big advocate of, you know, women all around the world getting education and says yeah. that a lot of the times at her concerts and that kind of thing. And I totally understand um, women being of, of all sizes and um, that's absolutely important. And I do feel like she's also bring that in when she, you know, when like she's produced a recent song called Bed with Ariana Grande. So you've got kind of one quite skinny woman and one curvy woman like yeah. in a video together and they're both spitting some some cool lyrics. And yeah, I, I just think that kind of, I don't know, seeing women like the Kardashians who, yes, they're skinny, but they also have kind of curves and that they are um, women who are in the in the public eye. It's important to me that we have women like that. Yeah. I don't think I have anything more to say. Oh, I will just say, we'll just quickly say, yeah. that Kylie Jenner is set to be the youngest ever self-made billionaire. Fucking and I'm it. just going to say it. <laughs> woman. 
Woman, billionaire. Young, $900 million cosmetics line on the cover of Forbes magazine. She wouldn't have had that without her family, though. Yeah, but she's there. Family. She's making... What has she done? She's what ma- has she done? She... <laughs> she's released a cosmetic She's making thing. that bank is what she's doing. Nah, I just don't. Nah. Have you heard her speak? I'm sorry. I, you know, when she said, this is the year of realising stuff, (laughs) she was right. She was damn right. Oh my God. I just think even though she doesn't sound intelligent, I think she's intelligent. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. I think all these women know exactly. I don't think she knows exactly what she's doing at all. I reckon she does. I think maybe the older ones do, but not her. I think she's just like... I th- to be honest, I th- I do not envy her life at all. I look at her and that's think right. she is sad. That like having a baby at nineteen. Not that that's like a terribly bad thing, but like for me, I just looked at that and went, "Oh, does she just want to keep in the news? Is she just trying to stay relevant? Because all her sisters have had babies. She doesn't have really much going for her in terms of, I don't know. I reckon she's got a lot going for her. I just, I just think because she doesn't sound intelligent, people think she's an idiot. And I don't think she's an idiot. Like, I don't think that you can get to be a billionaire without at least knowing how to, you know... I mean, even even things like the way that she uses social media um, in the way to, like, market her cosmetics and mm. their TV show, I think there is a very tech-savvy element about that and about how, how all of them manipulate the social media yeah, sphere. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because they've made it into this entirely new business and this entirely new influence particularly on young people whether that's a good thing or a bad thing we've you know been talking yeah. about how it's it's really really powerful but even just the fact that it is powerful and it's a new way of power in the 21st century I think is interesting when I think who should someone like well ourselves or my little sister look up to mm. Tila Reid yeah Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby. You know, people like that, I'm like, they have so much more to Mm. offer. Yeah, yeah. And I just think why, like, okay, yes, you can respect the Kardashians in this sense, but why why are they all that we're talking about? Why Mm. are Mm. they the main role model for so many young girls? I just think they have so many, like, better examples of female power and, like, female intelligence than these, Mm. this family. Yeah, I totally get that. I don't think they're intellectual role models, like I don't think we should we should look at them for you know how we should um, have our value system or how we should um, I don't know because you know like, people like Tila um, who is our friend but also is an Indigenous activist who was on Q and A last week yeah um, talking about the Uluru statement from the Voice from the Heart sorry Uluru statement from the Heart um, and Hannah Gadsby who's um, who's a stand up comedian in Australia and her her stand up show Nanette is on Netflix and you should all go and absolutely watch that because that's really interesting mm. discussion. And those two women I think are fantastic role models for young women and I totally agree that those yeah. kind of women should have more exposure to like your younger sister's age group. And yeah, I mean I do find the the overwhelming influence of the Kardashians, like the fact that they just penetrate kind of every sector yeah. of society, I find that disturbing too. Yeah. Because there are, you know, women with just fantastic values and things to say, like Teela and Hannah, who we should look up to definitely um, a lot more. But I kind of like that the Kardashians are still there, that I can kind of dip into them and see, I don't know, uh, a woman who might be perceived as, like, promiscuous or sexually active, but she's owning it. And I kind of like that that's in the background and I can look at that. But my my sort of point is that it's not in the background. It's very much... Yeah, yeah like saturated that market yeah, and absolutely. people like Tila and well you know you know people 
better role models of right in the background like mm. don't even know who they are mm, mm. that's what annoys me about it so recommend recommendations we're also singers just so you knew side plug <laughs> um, so yeah now we're just going to do some recommends a lot you're up first i'll go first um got some music i've been really into d'angelo is that Ooh. how you say his name? It's a D and then an apostrophe and then Angelo. Uh, the song How Does It Feel? Oh, I'm not is, familiar. Uh, it's the sexiest tunes <laughs> on the planet. Also, Brown Sugar. Oof. Who is he? Uh, I don't even know. I don't what, even know what, who like, he is. Like style of music? It's just smooth. I don't know how to describe it. Right. It's kind of R&B smooth right. okay. kind of stuff. A vibe. Also, the How Does It Feel music video. Okay, it's explicit. <laughs> Won't deny it. It's not, it's not, well, it stops before it gets too explicit. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, okay, so my, okay, I'll do my song. Oh. So this is a bit, bit old. Not that old, but if you're in the trip, if you listen to Triple J, you'd be like, shut up, leave everyone already knows about this. <laughs> but Ocean Alley did a like a version a while back of Baby Comeback. Mm. Talking about smooth. Oh, <laughs> baby. It's so good. Smooth. Just play it on repeat. It's so good. Um, can't recommend enough. I'm not a massive Ocean Alley fan, mm-hmm. but this cover, I was like, you done well. You're done very <laughs> You're done well, well, boys. Boys? Or boys? Yeah, they're boys. Okay. Yep. They're from Just Northern Beaches. Oh, uh, Sydney. They all look the same, <laughs> except for the lead singer. They all look like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> anyway, oh, oh, go, go on. Um, uh, a podcast I listened to recently is by this podcast uh, called Dear Sugars, and it's basically this mm. woman and woman and guy, and they do advice. So people send in their dilemmas, and then they talk about it. And it was really great. There was an episode all about um, emotional labour. Ooh. It's the invisible work most women do in relationships. And I think it's very interesting. Um, um, emotional labour is kind of this... I would say it's kind of a 21st century concept where it's kind of the, the work that women do in relationships to keep the household and the family running, but it goes kind of unsaid. And oh, it's okay. And it's not regarded as, like... You can't classify it as housework or paperwork or whatever yeah. it is. But it's doing stuff like... Um, like buying presents for your cousin's birthday or oh. like buying the birthday cards that nobody else is going to buy or like knowing what the shopping list is when you go to the supermarket. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. It's really interesting. I would definitely, um, definitely listen to that. Cool. You got one? Um, my podcast oh. is, yeah, this is major shout outs to Melbs. Here we go. So Melby. This is a podcast that was a speech that was recorded is this at... the... Yeah, I've heard this. I've yeah. listened to this too. So this um, was recorded at Melbourne Uni, um, and it was a speech that Tim Winton did about his sort of newish book, um, The Shepherd's Heart. But even though that book and what the book's about is threaded into it, the main discussion... it's the Sorry, the actual um, podcast is called Between the Lines... And it's ran by The Guardian. Um, But his speech is about toxic masculinity. And it's so interesting. And I really would recommend everyone goes and listens to it. It's, you know, it talks not only about how um, toxic masculinity is terrible for women and the rates of domestic abuse and things like that. But it also really focuses on why 
this idea of masculinity is really bad for men mm, as well, especially mm. um, working class men and yeah. men in rural areas and why it goes into why, you know, oh, suicide rates in the rural towns in Australia is so high. Mm. So I really think everyone should listen to that. It was just so good and couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, I listened to that. It was so good. Mm. Check that one out. Um, I have started watching Dear White People on Netflix after oh, I've received good? quite a few recommendations. It's funny. You know, it's clever. It's, like, political, but not in, like, a overt way. It's in a very, like, personal way. It's about a young woman who goes to a university in America um, and she's part of the Black Student Union and she runs a radio show called Dear White People, ah. um, kind of addressed to the white people on campus. And it's just really clever and, um, yeah, I just really like it. I'm, I'm a big fan of it and I needed something else to watch on Netflix. So, yeah, oh, cool. love, loving it. Um, I didn't even see your recommendation and ours is sort of linked, oh, so that's oh, a bit oh, weird. Oh, 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 oh. But um, I got this recommendation from someone who listened to our podcast <gasps> major shout outs to Talus. thank you very much <laughs> thank you Talus. because um, we were discussing the xx situation all that mm. stuff and he said oh you should really listen you should sorry you should really watch this documentary on netflix which is called the 13th um and i did and it was so good it's I'm pretty sure it was or is up for an Oscar. Oh, wow. Um, and it's directed by the same woman who directed Selma. Oh, so the wow. if you haven't seen it, the movie about um, Martin Luther King. And it was so good. It was one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. Mm. Um, it's basically about the um, incarceration problem in the United States. Oh, wow. And how... One in three African Americans are incarcerated, whereas one in fourteen mm. white Americans are. Mm. And it's just oh, and it just goes through how the journey from slavery to now, and mm. like has it changed that much? If like this many people are still incarcerated, and how different presidencies and their laws that were changed or added in increased the incarceration rates. Like I learned so many things that I didn't know, like how. Bill Clinton was one of the most pivotal people in increasing incarceration rates. Really? Which I didn't even know. Wow. So badly so that he's actually come out, like, more recently and acknowledged how bad what he did was. Wow, wow. So really recommend this. Mm. And also, I think a lot of people, like, watch things like this and they're like, oh, my God, how bad is that? America's so bad, I never want to go there. The thing is, we have to remember that this isn't the the reason this is so pivotal for us as Australians is that Aboriginal Australians mm. are like what they're like three percent of the population or something, mm. and they make up a huge portion yeah. of incarceration rates. Yeah. And you know, deaths in custody are still a massive issue in Australia. Yep. So I don't think we can look at mm. this documentary and say, "Oh, that's worlds away from us." We really need to watch it and you know keep in mind what's happening in australia and yeah yeah wanted to say now is that we will be up still uploading these to soundcloud yes um so if you want to comment or send us a message there you can 
Um, but we are also now on the Apple Podcast yes! app. Yes! We're it. on iTunes, baby. So if that's your preferred way of listening to podcasts, like I know that is for me, it's so yep, much easier. Me too. Make sure to subscribe. Yes. And you know what? Give us a cheeky review. Give us give us a five star. Give us a four star. Send us in a review. It can be anonymous, or you can do like a weird name. Um, and we can read it out, and we will answer any questions that you have. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, please give us a five star review because that's how it sort of makes us circulate Mm. more on the app and makes more people see. But if you don't want to give us a five star rating and you got some feedback, just put it in the comments. Yes, because exactly. we want to, we want to know why you didn't give us a five star rating. Yeah. You know, if you don't like us, fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. We're not everyone's cup of joe. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.